Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of Epic Fantasy Romance. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. Happy dancing. Today is, say it with me, Friday, uh, August 5th. Um, first week of August, almost done, depending on how you slice your week. Tohees are busy. They like Friday also. So, um, how are you all? How are you doing? I did not have a terribly productive day yesterday. I did not hit my word count, but, um, I had a really good time at writer coffee. It was the first time that the group of us have been together in a while. Um, there've been just what people going out and peopling. So yeah, it was a really good time. I got a little bit of writing in before I left and, um, a little bit done when I got back, did some royalty crunching. So that was good. I'm still at a good place on this book. I'm going to set up the pre-order soon. I'm going to do the cover reveal soon. I think I'm going to do the cover reveal next week. That's pretty exciting, isn't it? I think it's exciting. So, um, yeah, I've, I've passed midpoint. I'm at 44,000 words liking this story, uh, having a really good time with it. So, um, so yeah, I feel like I'm in a good place. I think it's going to release. I should just commit. I'm setting the release date for September 29th. You heard it here almost first. I think I said it in the newsletter, or at least I told assistant Corrine to say so in the newsletter. Uh, she tends to try to, um, protect me from committing to release dates. I don't know why something blah, 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 stress, blah, blah, blah. Things come up. Um, blah, blah, blah. Don't, you don't have to commit yourself. I'm fucking committing myself. September 29th. It's a cool morning here in Santa Fe. Um, we had storms all night, but really didn't get any rain. The storms just kind of circled lots of lightning and thunder. Um, so it was, it was pretty, you know, all around the valley, seeing the heat lightning and the clouds and, but it would be nice to get some more rain with it. I know I'm greedy, greedy now. So, but yeah, it's almost a little cool for no sleeves, just kind of nice. People are always surprised that being in New Mexico, that we have cool weather too. It's, um, you have to understand how geography works. I don't know what to tell you. So the other thing I did yesterday, and I've been thinking about this ever since it's on my mind, uh, is I stopped in to pay the remainder of my bill on my new fountain, uh, because the remainder is birthday present from the husband. So for those of you who may not listen, uh, every day, that I broadcast. I don't know how you could, but you know, Hey, choices. Um, <laughs> so I had this big rock fountain installed out front that I'd been wanting for like 10 years and it was expensive, saved up for it. Partly Christmas present, partly birthday present. So, and, and you may have heard me kind of like 
obsessing a little bit about John, about the mythical John and what John required to install the fountain and so forth. And the install went great. But so there was this sales gal that I worked with Beth and she was like the person who greeted me when I got there and she helped and in general I liked her. She was good. Um, but she was not communicative after after like I settled on the one I wanted in some ways she was like trying to talk me out of that one and you know kept saying oh I could do other ones and I was like no no I like this one and then she was worried that it was gonna be too big and, and so I realized that a great deal of my anxiety about the install and my nervousness about the mythical John who turned out to be absolutely delightful and obliging and helpful unlike a mosquito. Um, I realized that all of that had come from her. And so, you know, which I didn't necessarily hold against her, but from the time I put down my deposit, cause I did have that date, right? My financial records until they actually installed the fountain was six weeks in a day. And during that time I had to call twice to say, so are you guys gonna come and install this fountain or what? been sitting on my money. But I thought, you know, it's Santa Fe, it's New Mexico, manana is a thing. It's landscaping. They've probably, it's summertime. They've got lots of big clients. I was willing to be patient. Uh, you know, obviously it wasn't like I had to have it done for like a wedding or something like this. So I was all right with that. Um, but you know, I did have to pursue it several times and there was a little bit of this anxiety involved and all of that I was good with. So they came and installed it left. I was a little bit dismayed that they left the great bear and that there were no rocks on top of it, which I felt like was not explained to me, which I felt like was kind of Beth's fault, you know, that she didn't say, Oh, do you want rocks on top too? Because one of the guys who installed it said, Oh, we could bring some rocks. And you know, if you want to pick out some rocks and it's like, well, had I realized I would have just picked out some rocks on site and had them bring it when they brought everything else to install the fountain. Right. But it was too late at that point and not those guys fault. And I ended up doing it myself, which was probably less expensive, but definitely a lot of work. So, so anyway, it was, it wasn't perfect when it, when they left, but you know, I was, I was satisfied with it. And that very afternoon I got an email from Beth with an invoice for the rest of the money. And I was like, oh, so y'all know how this is, right? Like when you're eating at a restaurant and the uh, server is late with everything, um, leaves the table. Oh, this happened to us during a polycon, uh, cause we made a reservation ahead and yes, we were a big group, 10 people, but we made the reservation, you know, weeks and weeks ahead. The delightful Maria Vale did it, found this restaurant and made the reservation and warned them big group, limited amount of time. And when we got there, they didn't even have the table set up, which was a bad sign, but the waiter would just ignore us for long periods of time. Like everyone would be out of water. We'd be out of wine and we would have drunk a lot more wine had the waiter enabled that, which I always wonder at because that's just money in their pocket. Right. You know, and maybe some 
people think that a group of women aren't going to tip in which case they're just stupid and they don't know life because almost every woman I know has at some point waited tables and appreciates how much work it is and they tip well. But this is beside the point. My analogy is the server who takes forever to do absolutely everything but then is Johnny on the spot with the bill at the end because they what can't wait to get rid of you or whatever. So this struck me exactly that way. It's like oh you sat on my money for six weeks barely communicated with me only communicated with me when I initiated but oh you can fire off that email right away. So I ignored it. I'm like it, it was a passive aggressive fuck you. It was like I'll pay the invoice. I'm I wanted to pay it. I don't well maybe want is a strong word but I was committed to paying it and so I you know left it and besides we were going out of town the following week. So Wednesday Wednesday three business days later I get another email from Beth saying I didn't hear back from you. Did you get my email with the invoice? And I was like really really Beth you are able to like now you can follow up when there's money involved you know like probably she got a commission or something. I don't know. Maybe they were chewing on her. I don't know but it it annoyed me with initial caps and so I took a couple days I was on vacation and I emailed her back and I was nice. I mean kind of nice <laughs> and I explained and I said you know I'm taken aback that you sat on my money for six weeks did not communicate with me uh you know I felt like my project was low priority which okay but to have the all the efficiency be piled into extracting the rest of the money from me uh feels like not great customer service. And she wrote back um, maybe a couple days later. It wasn't immediately and she apologized. It was a reasonable apology. Um, so before I went to a polycon I did stop by there to try to pay the rest of my invoice and they had already closed for the day. Um, you know it's like they don't make it really easy for you to do these things but and I emailed her at the beginning of this week and I said just letting you know that I stopped by to pay the invoice and you all had already closed for the day but I'll try to stop by this week and I think she sent back okay that's fine. So yesterday after writer coffee I was in that neighborhood and I stopped in and I was able to go in there and this other lady met me sort of outside they have like this little um you know like it's a big landscaping yard kind of thing. <clears throat> and they have a very small like office hut and this other lady met me outside of it and she said can I help you and I said yes I'm here to pay the rest of my invoice and she said oh okay and she said something like are you Margaret and I was like no she says okay and then says what is your name and I say Jennifer Kennedy as I follow her inside and inside leaning against the counter is Beth and I say hi and she goes oh hi and I said how are you doing and she said great and she turns around and walks out the door and does not come back in the entire time and when I leave there is not hide nor hair of her and the look on her face I mean she was I don't know uh not happy 
not happy. I, I don't know if I could identify the mix of emotions, but there was definite anger and she was not going to have a conversation with me. Right. She started to do the hi, how are you thing until she realized who I was. And, and it's funny because like the second time I went in after she had waited on me the first time, she didn't recognize me. And this time she didn't quite recognize me at first. And you know, I don't expect people to recognize me completely, but I did pay a fair amount of money and I am recognizable, especially because I have my big hat on, right? People usually do remember me, not Beth, but anyway, I was reflecting on this as I left, um, you know, paid my invoice, chatted with one of the worker guys who was in there and the gal that, you know, took my money and told them that I love my fountain and they were just charming, you know, and they're like, Oh, we're so glad, you know, and everything. It's like, this was the customer experience I wanted. Um, not Beth who like hid from me as I leave, like, what am I going to do to her? And, and I did wrestle with feeling kind of bad about this. And I was thinking about that quote that's attributed to Maya Angelou. I don't know if it, you know, internet, who knows if it's real, but it's, um, people might forget what you did, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. And I think that this quote is often interpreted to mean that we should always make other people feel good about themselves. And, and I was wrestling with this feeling like, was I unkind to Beth? Should I have been kinder to her? And I thought she will never forget how I made her feel about this. And I thought, well, is that a bad thing? And I feel like throughout my life, I, especially when I was younger, I really viewed myself as not being a nice person. I'd gotten so much feedback. May I offer you some feedback? Did you guys see that movie? I thought that was funny. Um, that I was not nice, that I could be nicer. And I think that this is something that women get all the time, right? You know, that we need to be nicer. And I've been reading, um, Wolf in the Shadows, uh, the last book in the Legend of All Wolves series by Maria Vale. Love this series. It's lyrical. It's gorgeous. Um, I'll put up a review, but one of the things she really explores in this book is the female protagonist is a woman who has been sort of relentlessly molded to be nice. And she's learned to smile in this particular way. I'm sort of like trying to do it on video that is like a pleasing smile with her lips enticingly open. Ha! I saw in the video that a mosquito right in the middle of my forehead. That's enticing but so as not to make her cheeks look fat. And I think anyone who's like done a selfie for Instagram, we're always trying to do that to figure out how to like smile without squinching our eyes and making our cheeks look fat. Um, you know, and, and a lot of it is her being, having pleasing behavior. And I thought, well, I think a whole lot of my viewing myself as not nice when I was younger was from some of this relentless coaching to be more pleasing, to be softer, to be more attractive. And later in life, it does become a thing where 
you stop caring about that so much. Um, you don't really care about enticing men. Um, maybe because you have one or maybe because you don't care anymore uh, or you never did depending on your uh, orientations and uh, how many fucks you have left to give. But it's it's been interesting to me also later in life having so many people say to me that I am a really nice person you know and and they use the word um generous and I love that that people call me generous because it's important to me to be generous and so I was thinking holding to a line and that's one of my favorite quotes from Georgia O'Keeffe and it really is from Georgia O'Keeffe where she said um if you can find where your line is and hold to it that is the most one can do in life and yeah you know maybe saleswoman Beth won't forget how I made her feel but maybe she'll become a better salesperson maybe not because um learning from the lesson she would have stayed there and had a conversation with me and been like you know because I could be a repeat customer right if I'm a repeat customer I'm not going to work with Beth but otherwise I was really happy with the work they did. So that was on my mind. Um, yeah that sometimes people remember how you made them feel doesn't mean that they have to feel warm and fuzzy and good about themselves. You know that's we don't all need to feel good about ourselves all the time right especially if we screw up. So the other thing I want to share is I got a um a review of rogues pawn. So I've re- released rogues pawn and rogues possession rogues paradise book three is coming out um like in another week or so I'm getting it uploaded and this is one of my longtime readers and I wanted to share this to you share this with you not to you kind of to you uh but I thought that um you all might find this interesting since I was angsting a fair amount you know about releasing this book and that I've changed as a writer and so I thought she gave this a really thoughtful interesting review uh where she says uh I'm not gonna read you the whole thing um she says comparing her early works to her more recent work definitely shows how she's grown. I mean alas I figured this would show that's me um it says Miss Kennedy's author note at the beginning of the book provides insight and genuine reflection that I appreciate which is good right good thing I did that with this in mind I went into the book with lower expectations I should not have worried the concept of this story blew me away it takes a different look at the fae and creates something new yet familiar authors who can make an existing mythos fresh are impressive. The rough part is the writing style and the character voice. Yeah I got better at that. Um I could definitely see how this is one of her earlier works. Her writing style has evolved to have more complicated world building as well as complex characters. Her later stories are layers upon layers. In rogues pond there is intrigue and a little layering by doling out information in bits and bits. Jennifer aka Lord Lady Sorcerer is a human who is sucked into another world where she neither fathoms the rules nor the people people. The reader is following her first person account and is just as befuddled. 
This world is a reinterpretation of the Fae. How Miss Kennedy blends and bends the mythos to her wishes is intriguing. It parallels Jennifer's experience in this bizarro world. This could be a high fantasy book, but it mixes in romance and even some BDSM non-con. Uh, yeah, which is fair, uh, which makes it defy easy categorization. Story of my life. This is why I could not sell this book. Suffice to say that I ended up with a book hangover and wished I could have taken a sick day. The ending of the story hooks me into the next book and I want to dive right into Rogue's Possession. Recommended to fantasy readers who enjoy their fae, dark and careless. So I love that. I love um, everything about it. It's it's interesting to have someone else assess in the same way that I did. Um, that it was... Um, you know, I've grown as a writer and it was tempting to fix things, but I'm kind of glad I didn't because it, it's part of our history, right? Um, yeah. So thoughts for a Friday. I hope you all have a wonderful weekend and, uh, that you get to, uh, uh, I, I was trying to, to frame this wish for you that you, uh, behave according to your authentic heart. I will talk to you all on Monday. You all take care. Bye-bye.